welcome to Sacred Sexuality with Leslie Blackburn. Straight talk, enthusiastic support, and heartfelt encouragement for you to open up to your sacred sexuality. And now your host, Leslie Blackburn. Thank you. Ah, I'm taking a breath <clears throat> and landing here after quite a few technical snafus that made this morning quite interesting. And I'm finding that to be actually not coincidental. I'm thinking, based on the topic that I'm wanting to bring in today, that the universe tends to sort of like get a little crunchy. <laughs> so. Um, just honoring that and taking a moment to go, yay, we're here. And to acknowledge that this is a show that typically we are talking about sacred sexuality and consciousness and topics that often are edgy or uncomfortable. And that today we're going to extend that a little wider into the realm of social and racial justice and there's that they're really connected and that that's part of what I want to explore. So as we open for today, we're going to be exploring once again, perhaps stories, education, awareness, topics that are maybe hard to topic talk about and that really slowing down and listening to our bodies is the way through it all. And we'll weave that in as well. So with that, I want to begin, as we do, with listening to our bodies. So let's do that together and take a moment to readjust, to maybe slow down for the first time today, perhaps close your eyes, whether you're joining in live here in June or later, ah, by podcast, by archive, you are welcome here, allowing yourself to notice your energy, feel if there's a lot of forward and up, a lot of activation and movement towards trying to get through the day, or maybe flatness, dullness, a sense of not having much motivation. What's it like to maybe back up, slow down? Feel rearward, downward. Take a breath, invite in a little of that juice, that charge, that sense of aliveness. And let yourself be here now. Feeling a little scan, noticing your body. I acknowledge for so many of us that's hard to do. For me and my journey, when I was first invited to notice something about my body, I remember my mentor, therapist, guide, amazing woman, who was guiding me in that. I was, I remember being kind of angry at her, like, what do you mean my belly, you know, check in with my body? Like, I operate everything from the head, right? Doesn't everyone? Ah, what's it like to shift your awareness that really, actually, our bodies are incredibly wise? Noticing where we are, what are the sensations and experiences in our bodies can open 
gateways and doorways into possibilities that we don't even know how to imagine. So take a moment, maybe notice the crown of the head. Create a little space as you scan down through the centers of the brain, the roof of the mouth, the throat. Maybe notice the space behind the heart and lungs. Drop down, noticing the diaphragm, the space in the upper belly, upper thoracic area, or upper like abdominal area, and then down into the lower belly, down into the pelvic bowl, the deep basin, into the pelvic floor, the sit bones, leg bones and hip sockets, knees, lower legs, heel bones, soles of the feet, tips of each toe. Allow your roots from your pelvic floor, from your feet to spiral through the structures you're seated on, through the floor, and down through any foundation you're in or direct right into the soil of the earth from wherever you are. Ah, Allow your roots to feel the soil. Down past the water table and into the central core of the earth, wrapping around the core. And ah, once again, noticing with a sense of awe of being here now, gently widen your awareness to feel yes and your midline and out to the edges of your skin. Noticing the relational space of your body with the planet, noticing which way is east and south, west and north, above and below and within, opening up this bubble of awareness and calling in guides, ancestral guides, our bloodline lineages, those well and kind and vibrant and resourced there, we all have access to really well vibrant ones in our lines, even if that means we go back pretty far. So trusting and opening to really be present with like, yes, please, the well ones, please encircle me in a pillar of light. Please encircle the planet and all beings with love and care as we're navigating and opening into one of the most huge cusps of our time, big awakening, and a huge shift that we're creating together on this planet in a time of a global pandemic, in a time of major racial horrors and injustice finally coming to bigger and broader light that we got this. So asking for the support from our guides, the support from our bodies to please guide us into this journey of how we support co-creating a culture of love and respect with our bodies and each other, ourselves and nature and the planet so that really, truly everyone has an opportunity to feel peace and ease, to feel alive to have safe food and clean water and safe shelter and to feel safe as they walk on this earth with deep reverence and gratitude. Thank you. Thank you. All right. And here we go. So today... The topic that I'm inviting that I touched on is um, 
what I'm calling interrupting this show that we often talk about sacred sexuality to really bring in the connection. Yes. Like we're going to talk about how sexual empowerment is part of what, what like meeting the deep space of our body as a journey of connection of how do we get, how do we build resilience and strength to be in the capacity of big energy? That's what sexual empowerment's about to be with that big energy. And that big energy may be our sexual energy. It may be the power of grief roaring through us in this moment that that becomes a portal and a way through to pleasure, to joy. Um, And the big energy can be the discomfort, these palpable body sensations that are arising when we're meeting what's going on in the world. And how do we meet bring resilience and strength into the, into our work with racial social justice. So they're all connected. And we're going to start with really taking a moment to honor the lives of the beings that have been so wronged through murders in unjust killings, through police brutality, through the, the sort of institutionalized, structure of racism that we have in our society and inviting um, I'm going to start with just bringing some voice to these names and if you haven't already done this I really encourage you to start to get curious and to speak out loud to do a little research and read about what's happened to these beings and to to see them, look at photos, look in their eyes and feel a sense of like human connection and a sense of, I am so sorry this happened to you. Thank you for having your presence here on this planet with us. And I'm so sorry that your life was taken in such a way or that you were brutalized in such a way. So I'm going to name just a fraction of these beings who have either been killed or brutally harmed and take a moment with a breath of silence as we come to the end of this short list that's only a fraction of the beings that have been impacted by this. And I do this really to just have their names be in the vocal field, in the field of, yes, we see you, we honor you. Tony McDade. George Stinney Jr., George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, Pamela Turner, Sandra Bland, Corin Gaines, Atatiana Jefferson, Chantel Davis, Stephen Taylor, Shatina Grady-L., Take a breath and honor space. Thank you. Thank you, and we're sorry. And as we continue this journey of unlocking, you know, the, the keys to the change that we wish to see are really within our bodies. So that key the change, the unlocking in our bodies means let's slow down and start to pay attention to them. 
for starters, I want to kind of give a little grounding. And, and for I know that for many listening into this, you're already where you're. I'm preaching to the choir. You are already so in. You're like, yes, of course, this has been injustice. And finally, people are starting to see, right? And there's a lot of folks, myself included, that are newer to recognizing this. You know, my own personal journey was kind of waking up to racism, being so systemic and being, and being complicit in it, the ways in which my white silence or my inaction uh, or my passive aggressiveness have created harm. And that, that awakening for me was recent. I'm like, uh, it was only a little over a year ago, really. I remember it was kind of a potent awakening. You know, I've talked about other spiritual awakenings in my journey from 20 years ago and from uh, more recently. And, and those biggies kind of set the stage, I think, for finally being ready to see that, like, no, this is, this is systemic white supremacist culture that's woven into our institutional structures. And it's not just the, oh, I'm not racist, right? It's only the KKK or these other really overt systems of racism that are, that are the problem, but I'm not the part of the problem, so I don't have to pay attention. Um, that was kind of a story that I was in, I will admit. And it's one that I'm ashamed of in a sense and also I'm um, like um, vulnerably sharing because I know I'm not alone in that. I know I'm not alone in that. So I know there are others that might be listening into this that are maybe still going, oh, but I don't see it that way, right? I don't think systemic racism is a thing. And, and I want to just hold a really wide, compassionate space. As a white person, I feel called to be in that with fellow white folks, be in this conversation and support each other to go, hey, there, you know, I get that it's hard to see and I get that we all see in different ways. And I'm not speaking for every white person on this planet. And I'm speaking for my, my own journey. And I'm speaking to acknowledge what I see. And that as I do, I want to also be a support for others who might be in that place of going, oh, shit, I might be starting to see this for, for real. And I don't really know what to do because I'm feeling a lot of shame about it. And that's super common. You can look at um, a lot of uh, authors and folks have written about white fragility and white shame. Um, it's a super common part of the process. So rather than like swirling in it or getting defensive and angry about it and trying to say that like trying to defend all the ways of view from this place of like anger and hatred, which I've seen and frankly I've done, um, can we just like chew, a, you know, chew away some layers of ego and go, oh, shit, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I, maybe I could open to see another way. And maybe, maybe actually the way that I've seen all this time is, is not just me, but is like the intergenerational trauma that I carry from my bloodlines that have done their best to ignore the atrocities because maybe that was the only way they could make it through, you know, make it through wartime or you know, intense, violent acts that sort of are against the very moral fiber of our being to even witness something like that and to not underscore, you know, to not take away from the people that have actually experienced it and been victims of it, like, oh, the horrors there. And the folks that witness that and can just feel the moral injury that happens when, when, when being for, you know, being, when, 
doing acts of harm or witnessing them that are against your moral structure. It's called moral injury. And these are, these are ways that trauma also stores in the body. So yes, there's the violence and the, the victims of that violence and that horror, but there's also the way this violent impacts all bodies, not just the ones that were overtly impacted. And so we all have a different journey in that. Like, you know, our bloodline heritages are unique. We all have a unique fingerprint of being this unique being on the planet that has your unique, no one else has kind of genealogy, you know, intergenerational fingerprint back through your ancestors that, yes, your siblings share in, but there's differences. You know, there's differences in how we've, um, how we carry forward or move forward the intergenerational stuff that we carry. So what I want to invite as we're starting this conversation here is, is that this is about waking up to things that aren't so easy to see. And what I see is, is a, a, there's something that happened. I feel it. I see it. Um, it's shown up astrologically. You know, we have, alignments of the structures of our universe right now that haven't happened in hundreds of years and that when they've happened before major revolutions happened. So, you know, however much you sink into to using that as a guide in your life or not, the point is there is no doubt that everyone's attention right now is being grabbed, like being in the middle of a global pandemic what else, you know, like, how else can we grab the attention of every single human on this planet noticing something, right? And now all of this injustice coming to light again, it's not new. The uh, atrocities um, that, white, that white beings are doing to other black beings um, in the police brutality and the other pieces that we've just talked about, um, these aren't new things, but they're coming to light in a time where everyone's paying attention. And I'm seeing now a shift in the mass consciousness, like um, the word that I want, a momentum. A, uh, there's another word. I'm going to just breathe it through my body. And that it's, and it's not coming, but that's okay. This word is this idea that we, may, we reach a tipping point, that there's enough people that are starting to notice that now, boom, we are in a, in a consciousness shift. So that I believe is happening, and I believe there's hope. And we'll, we'll come back to talking about those pieces. So for now, what I'm inviting, like I said before, many of you listening to this, this isn't new information. I'm preaching to the choir. And I know there are some of you where you're resisting seeing that this, that institutional racism is a thing. And, you know, I have a lot of compassion for you. I get that. I really do. And I just invite slowing down for a minute. When you find yourself, just check in your body. When you find yourself reacting or responding quickly, where you're not taking a breath, where you're responding from a place of old stuff, old habitual pattern, or maybe the way your family's always responded, maybe the way, you know, your parents responded to you that you never liked. Just watch. Can you widen a little bit? Can you ah, chew away a layer of ego? Can you 
Hmm. And feel the vibration in your body to sort of drop in and reconnect and then speak from there. Speak from that place where you feel a little slower, a little more connected and notice what shows up. Notice if anything changes. So given all that, yeah, there's a lot of ways we can take action. And I want to invite, like, I'm going to speak a few. Um, especially as, as white folk, which I identify as. My lineages come from German, Germany, England, uh, the Netherlands, Scotland, and I believe Ireland. And <clears throat> I'm doing my own journey of ancestral healing and really starting to learn because I rejected so much about my ancestry so, for so long. Um, that I'm just like dip, dipping gently back in and going, how can I learn? What can I learn from just tapping into my lineage? Which I invite everyone to do, and I think that's part of the actions that I invite in this. But let's let's just start with one of the, the things that have been alive in my body is that silence is violence. And that was, a thing, you know, my go-to really for for all of this for a long time was just be silent and not talk about it. And just assume, you know, so I would feel these sensations in my body and I would feel freezing or a tight throat. My, my asshole literally would squeeze and clench. My, my tailbone would tuck under. My belly would start to clench and I'd feel heat waves rising, a bit of a nauseous sensation in my gut. And all of this in the past, I would have almost exclusively responded to that discomfort by going, oh, that, like something, you know, is uncomfortable. I'm just going to ignore this and just sort of sweep it away. Like, oh, that's not, that's not for me, or I'm not a part of that. Um, oh, and so I'd sort of stuff it down or sweep it away, or later sort of passive-aggressively have little, like, subversive blurts that would be harmful. Um, so I've witnessed that in my own body and in my family lineage. Um, and that's what I've been, my own journey of unpacking. Each of us have a different thing to explore I'll invite many of us as white folks have that one I don't think that is not unique to me I know that Um, and I invite like what can we do to start to listen to that so some of the ways we can take action is like and to be clear it's the balance what how do we take action on what we feel rising up and and sometimes we'll feel such overwhelm we'll kind of shut down it's that freeze response right so it's the balance how can I find and lean into this discomfort in such a way that I'm actually building resilience instead of shutting down and now funnel or channel that vibrant energy that I'll start to get more access to as I meet this work and, and, and unpackled stories, right? So now I have a little more vibrant energy to, to start to work with and funnel that into right action into like, Ooh, I can do something and make a difference. And um, there are lots of ways to do that. Many people have written lots of things. Feel free to do research. A few of them are to go and be a part of the protests, to speak your voice, to use your platform if you have one to speak your voice, or and to get out of the way and listen and hold space for black folk to speak theirs. Um, to, you know, put this information out there. Like, this has been hard for me to do, and that's okay. I'm leaning into that discomfort. 
So the other thing is pay forward the privilege that you've walked with. And if you're white or white passing and still not seeing that you carry privilege, again, I know I'm preaching to the choir for many of you. And for those of you that that's new, just being gently compassionate around, look at your journey. I know me. I remember the first time I asked, a, I answered a question on an application form where I was teaching. I'm so grateful for this question. And the question was asking about my racial identity and how that influenced my teaching in a diverse or mixed race environment. And I will admit, when I first filled out that question, I filled it out with, with words. I remember something like, you know, basically, oh, I identify as the human race, right? We're all in this together. Like all these words around what I now know to be really sort of colorblindness, like trying to claim there's no differences and that, yes, I welcome and support all beings. And, and all that's true. But when I'm not also willing to see that there are differences and that different people are impacted by walking in our dominant society differently, then I'm not seeing the whole picture. I can be in the place of really truly wanting to be like an ally and a support. But if I'm doing it from that really outskirts place and I'm not in it, I'm not in the conversation and there are people that will not feel safe with that. And I've experienced hearing that and hearing that feedback. And so I'm doing my best to hold space and shift that, but I'm still learning and I don't have all the answers. That's not what this is about, but it is about like, Hey, for those of you not seeing, like, and I remember part of my answer to my question, to that question, or the question went on and had another subtick, and there was something about, um, you know, how do you see privilege or something? And I said, well, I said something like, um, I see the way in which my not so privilege of walking as a woman in engineering world, right? So I'm sort of proclaiming this way in which that me as a woman had a hard time sort of fighting to prove credibility and to make my way through um, the engineering world when women were a, a minority at the time, early, early in my school and career, which was like 30 plus years ago, something like that, <laughs> um, that that was a fight and that that, that, you know, I didn't have any privilege in that, you know, and I remember being a little defensive in that. And then, and then later I look at that and I go, wait a minute, the fact that I even was able to be raised in such a climate where I had the financial resources, which yes, I had to work hard for, and yes, I had to get student loans for, but that I could get those loans, that I could work hard, and that I could, like, to even be in engineering, right? Like, there's privilege in that. And so to... So there was this interesting way I could look at myself and, and later realize the, the, whoa, you know, that's a really privileged statement even. Um, so I say this not to like create a bunch of um, like, woe is me stuff. It's more like I'm, I want to invite through my story that I get some of the, def what I've heard in the defensive comments I've seen on both sides of this discussion and I understand coming from some of those places because I, I have. And I really believe we have to start to look within ourselves to shift that. So paying forward the privilege. So another thing we can do when, when, um, is to, to tithe, to 
pay forward to donate a portion of our income to folks that are in marginalized communities, black folk, trans folk, queer, women, femme identified. And particularly in this conversation, you know, black folk and black trans folk, this is an important thing because they're in the systemic institutionalized racism that we have. There's so many ways that these folks are, are don't have even the structural um, support to, to, to like do the things, you know, there's this big argument of, well, they just need to work harder so that they also have that privilege. Well, no, there, it, it's, it's actually impossible because of the structures that are in place. There isn't an equality there. So those are a few things we can do tangibly outside of ourselves. But what I want to focus on next, and we're going to take a little break and come back, is how do we unpack this stuff from our bodies? Because that's what every single human on this planet can do work with. And we all have different things that we're going to be working with. And I'm going to touch on that. Take a moment to take a short break and come back. You are listening live. Body, Mind, Spirit Radio. Today is Tuesday, June 16th, 2020, and you are listening to Sacred Sexuality with Leslie Blackburn. If you'd like to talk with Leslie live on the air, give us a call at 646-378-0378. That number again is 646-378-0378. And now back to your host, Leslie Blackburn. about listening to our bodies and the work around unpacking this story from the body. Let me give a little background. And one of the um, big influences for me recently in this work, there are a few, I'm going to name them now. Resma Menachem and his work and his book on my grand, his book called My Grandmother's Hands. And he has a free e-course, five-day e-course, on his website. I believe his website from the top of my head is resma, R-E-S-M-A-A dot org, perhaps. Just look him up. And um, tap into his work. His book, My Grandmother's Hands, was the first that I really dove deep in in this as I woke up in all of this. And it really spoke the language to me that resonates, which is this stuff's in our bodies. The way through it is by listening to our bodies to unpack it. That's been my mantra all along in unpacking sexual trauma and our, um, and our journey of sacred sexuality. And it is so connected with uh, unpacking racialized trauma, right? So there, it's the same thing. It's just what, what, what lens are we looking at it through? So huge kudos to Resma for his work, for his courage, for his generosity, to put his work out there in the world. Please support him directly with his work. Um, 
you can buy his book from his website. Start there rather than going to your usual go-to Amazon or anything else. Start with his website. See how you can support him directly. And um, as I read that book, a few things that I, I'll share that, um, that I took away that, uh, that I think helped set the stage for what I'm talking about. He talks about um, hip theory, which um, I don't remember as much of in the book, which doesn't mean it's not in there, because like when I read it, I was absorbing so many things. It's one of those things that I'm sure I could reread that book 10 times and get more and more out of it. But I really kind of tapped into that more in the e-course. But HIP, H-I-P-P, the H standing for historical, intergenerational, persistent institutional, and personal traumas. So our bodies carry this stuff, right? And as our bodies carry it, we can carry any of those things. And often we're working with personal trauma, um, but the, the other pieces, the historical, the intergenerational, the persistent institutional, these all impact us in different ways. And our bodies hold this information. And as even the book title of Bessel van der Kolk says, you know, our body keeps the score. So it, we hang on to it when, and um, having when we're resourced and available to work with it later, we can start to unwind that and no longer carry these stories in these old ways. But our bodies each carry it differently. And what I appreciated in Resma's book was the recognition really helped me see that white bodies, black bodies, and police bodies all carry this stuff differently. We have different things we're dealing with. And he names and actually gives some definitions to what white bodies, black bodies, and police bodies are, so I'll invite you to, to check into that. I'm going to use them now just in the general sense of how we've been working with what I mean by white bodies and black bodies. So there may be um, we're impacted by our lineages, basically. And his point with the black bodies and the white bodies is, is kind of, I believe, I sense there was this focus on white bodies being the ones that are carrying sort of colonizer, enslavement master kind of energies from our lineages. Whether or not the specifics we even know of our lineages, we may not. Um, but that energy coming through. Um, and that we also, as white bodies, have a certain privilege, even if our lineage is mixed or have different flavors in there that, that aren't just sort of that European colonizer energy. Um, we're still walking with privilege when we pass as white because we sort of pass into dominant culture. Whereas black bodies, especially those black bodies that come from the, um, from Africa that were part of the, you know, um, slave ship process of bringing people over without, uh, without consent. And then, um, indigenous uh, folks who were massacred as well. And so there's these, the essence of these, the way we carry this intergenerational trauma from our lines is the point and acknowledging that that's different for each person. So in the book, he talks about ways to, you know, themes that show up in the different bodies and also um, ways to start to notice so that we can unwind that and, how can we create space and ease as well as like lean into the discomfort so that we can meet this stuff and, and have it move from our bodies. Um, so that is a little bit about Resmo's work. And the other one that came in for me shortly at the same time, and I started to work with also pretty directly 
and finally did the, the specifics in the workbook is Leila Saeed, who did me and white supremacy workbook, which was part of a 28 day Instagram challenge that grew into a workbook that she offered for free for a stretch. And then gratitude that she did is she actually created a, an amazing book resource that you can now go pay for and please go pay for it. It is worth it. This book and her work and the questions that she invites and evokes are such a powerful way to unpack this journey as white folks. So when I say you, I'm meaning white folk in particular in this one. This is, this is specifically around, can we see, can we start to see our own complicitness in the racial injustices, even when we think we weren't a part of it? You know, those of us who are like, yeah, you know, I, we don't want to hurt anyone. We, we believe in love and light for all beings. And we're here, you know, in a spiritual awakened path. Like often it's those folks and it's actually those folks. She talks about spiritual white women and how that really sparked it for her getting this workout because it was often the spiritual white women that were doing a lot of bypassing and a lot of like um, creating harm in ways that weren't as obvious. You know, it's not as obvious as like, burning someone or hanging someone or, or the brutality that shows up, but it is still violent and harmful, even in something as simple as silence or tone policing, which is when somebody comes in and says that the way somebody is reacting or responding to something is, you know, oh, you should tone that down. Oh, you shouldn't be angry in that way. And, and sort of trying to erase someone's experiences. That's harmful. So, <clears throat> Um, what, what I want to invite is go work with these folks work directly and support them directly. Um, and Adrienne Marie Brown is another one I want to speak. Who's been a big influence in, in my, my journey, uh, her book, pleasure activism. And she does a podcast called how to survive the end of the world podcast with her sister, Autumn Brown. And, um, there's ways to support her directly at her website or, or their Patreon for the podcast. And what I love about Adrienne's work with pleasure activism, and she also has a book, Emergent Strategy, which I'll admit I have not yet read, but this idea of, for me, one of the takeaways of that is like, yeah, we have to dive deep into this work of racial and social justice, which is, again, I admit, newer for me. Um, we also have to care for ourselves and that, that if we dive in you know, as I feel a lot of energy happening right now in myself and others of like, great, what can I do? I'm going to put all this energy towards it. At the same time, we need to balance that with care for our bodies and creating and noticing the pleasure in a moment. And I had this perfect example of that where, yes, you know, I'm doing, I'm doing the work, I'm doing different things to support um, my journey and the journey to support the movement of supporting black lives and, and finding justice for all of this police brutality and like carving away a chunk of time and really deep diving with a friend on the phone where we could just get spacious and juicy and expansive and, and to feel the pleasure of being in the sun, being on the land, um, that this is what fuels our body to be of service. We can't be of service if we're dry and crispy and burned out. And that's something that I learned early on when I was in corporate world. I was on a path of climbing a corporate ladder and acquiring things 
and stuff. And I finally had what I name as my spiritual awakening, which woke me up that like, I can't keep doing this. And even as I woke up and started to move towards my journey of sacred sexual healing, I was still sort of taking all these overt, like really fiery actions that were like, oh, I'm going to, if I just shift to a new thing, but do it in the same way, I'm still going to burn up and fry. So part of the invitation in all of this all along is like really listening to our bodies so that we're supporting and caring for resourcing our bodies so that we can unpack new layers. You know, what's available to be unwound is only available when we feel really safe and good in our bodies to unwind it. If we aren't settled, if we don't feel safe, if we feel defensive and angry and hating, nothing's going to happen. We can't make a change. Um, I mean, in ourselves, right? Like we're activated so much, we can't make that change. So, you know, as I see white folks getting angry and saying the systemic racism isn't a thing and it's not true, like I just invite, okay, breathe. You know, how can we settle and calm and be in a relational space so that there's a way to go, huh, maybe I could open the door of seeing something a little differently. So now all that said, let me be clear what just bubbled in the back of my head. I'm not trying to say that all the, the, the anger and the hatred coming from all folks, from black folks and folks that are supporting around like this violence and the shit and getting the justice, like I get it. And that's important. Um, so it's important to have the anger and to fuel that action and to when you're feeling safe back in your space of family and connection that you also, you know, all of us, that you get a chance to feel safe and good and rejuvenate. And I wish that for any being who's out there um, doing the protests and um, being in the space of, of taking action. And I know that's, that's part of it, right? That often there is no space to go back to to feel safe. And that's part of the problem um, with the systemic uh, racism in our country is that there is no space and that black folks often walk with a heightened uh, nervous system that's just carrying a PTSD response just constantly because there is no chance to, to downregulate from it. So I get that. Hmm. So with all that, I want to touch back into the connection of this work with sexual empowerment. So go out, do the, take the actions, do the things that you feel called to do, and then support yourself with change. Learn through these beautiful beings I just mentioned, Resma Menachem, Leila Saeed, Adrienne Marie Brown, there are others. And do your own human homework, right? So work with that. Um, as you do, the, the start to slow down, listen, and unpack this stuff from the bodies, I believe there's, there's stuff that shows up, and especially for white folks, um, that we don't want to, you know, the, these folks I've mentioned are putting their work out in the world, and there's a way to, to share a money exchange to support their work and receive those gifts, those offerings. But this is not about expecting this work to come to you for free. Um, 
it's not about leaning on black family or friends, right? Like that, um, that aren't voluntarily and consensually maybe offering uh, that's emotional support. I've heard from a lot of black folks of just exhaustion around not wanting to be in that emotional labor for white folks. And I get it because we're kind of in, we need to do our own work. And so I'm here for that uh, as a fellow white folk. If you need or want that support and that emotional support, that's connected in my work that I offer through sacred sexual healing and sexual empowerment. And what and how it's connected is when we are claiming our sexual sovereignty, when we are slowing down, trusting our bodies and listening, we can then resource in such a way that an old story that may be there no longer has to be there and we can invite it to go a different way. As that space opens, we can now open to the ecstatic currents, open to the vibrancy of being alive, the juiciness, the pleasure, and that that has a way then of um, coming in and being an additional, uh, you know, it's like we open to the Shakti. The Shakti then can point out what needs to be felt next, right? And maybe there's a roaring and there's, an, there's a place of unpacking, again, another old story or old dross that's holding on in, in one of our energetic bodies and that we're building, we're using and working with um, big energy as a way to build the resilience in our bodies and strengthen our capacity to be that vessel. And what big energy is, whether that's sexual energy or grief, it may be just the fact that we're allowing our soul work, who we are, the very nature of who we are, to feel more here, to be able to move forward in our soul work. And then the bigness of that can be also the discomfort that we feel in this, in this work of waking up as humans and racial and social justice work, activism work. So all of that is about like, how can we feel safe to trust our bodies and open to the big energy and feel safe to trust that moving through us? And that's the core of the work that I offer. So if you want support in that, I support all beings. Anyone who, who feels called to look inside and wants some additional support, no matter how you identify in gender, no matter how you identify in sexual preference or um, or your racial identity I support doing this work together and I do offer scholarships for those who are black indigenous people of color or trans folk who might want a little extra support in this work so just reach out and if that is you let me know that and I can offer you know ask for that and we can we can work with different pay scales. So, ah, taking a breath, taking a moment, honoring the richness of this time. This is a big time on our planet. And I really do see a lot of hope. I know there's a lot of horror. And I see the hope. We're already starting to see the institutional shifts there's the the way in which let me make sure I get this straight. I'm so I was so glad to see this. The majority of the Minneapolis City Council pledged to disband the local police department and replace it with the new public safety model. That's one example. 
right? The Supreme Court decision that just happened that basically makes it illegal, which it should have been all along, <laughs> to fire somebody just because they're gay or trans, right? So it, 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 make, it gives equivalent um, rights to all folks. Um, but these things that are happening, these are structural shifts that are happening in our institutional system. And, you know, let's, let's take a moment and a breath to just acknowledge this hope that there is change happening. Yes, there's still a lot of shit going on. And yes, we still got ways to go. But I really believe, as I talk about in the sacred sexual healing work, listening to our bodies, if we don't celebrate those, you know, like, wow, okay, I just did something that feels better. Like same thing in our systems. Wow, we just did something that's a step in the right direction and is good. Then let's take a breath, do a little happy dance and like celebrate that so that our nervous systems can feel what it's like, you know, and it's like, it's like a win-win. We start to build this network in our body that says, yes, the changes we make can be celebrated and are good and rich and important. And then that aligns us towards making more of those. So let's do that because we do have more of those to do together, but I know we can do it. And I just really feel like um, we're finally in, in the time of the major structural change that we've been waiting for and fighting for and striving for. Um, and yeah. Hmm. So let's take a breath together. Ah, I'm going to take a short break, come back, and um, close with one final piece. Thank you for joining us today. You are listening live to Sacred Sexuality with Leslie Blackburn. Leslie Blackburn has a brand new website. It's clear, authentic, and mobile-friendly. Let's work together. You can find radio podcasts, casts, and more free resources along with information on classes and workshops at leslieblackburn.com. Are you feeling horrified by the racial injustices and not sure what to do? Are you feeling anxious and activated, having a hard time settling? Are you ready for more pleasure as you are also doing your soul work? Join others like you. Sacred Body Circles are online monthly via Zoom and allow us to stay connected, support our own nervous system health, and trust being in our power. Meet this work together as a community and deeply listen to our bodies. As part of the Sacred Body Circles, you will receive guided experiential practices of connecting with your body and the land, ways to let go of old stories and open to your own vital force, and much more. To participate in the Sacred Body Circles, Simply join the $15 per month tier at Leslie's Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash Leslie Blackburn. Sign up now, now for instant access to the past recordings, too, as well as access to join us for the next one, which will be on Thursday, June 25th. The address again to sign up is patreon.com slash Leslie Blackburn. Leslie also offers private sessions and has helped many hundreds of individuals and couples over years on their path of sacred sexuality. Sessions are available remotely by Zoom, Skype, or phone from anywhere on the planet. See details at leslieblackburn.com and reach out there to set up a time. 
The best way to get announcements about upcoming events, as well as inspirational stories, videos, and radio show archives, is to subscribe to the email newsletter by clicking on the link on the website, leslieblackburn.com. And now, back to your host, Leslie Blackburn. Hmm. Thank you, my love. As we close for today, I want to invite once again feeling into our bodies. There's hope. The key to unlocking this is in our body. So take a breath. Ah, notice what you're feeling right now and be with that with a lot of care. There's so much happening. This isn't about forcing it to be different, changing it. Um, It's about giving it space to be heard. Resourcing yourself in such a way to invite it to go a different way. Celebrating the space that you notice in your body. Allow yourself to simply be with and acknowledge what it's like to be in a body. And rather than run from the discomfort or hide from the times that you don't want to deal with something, gently give it space to be heard. Create a container of support for that. And if you want personal support with that, reach out. With deep gratitude. Thank you, Spirit, for holding us safely in this circle. Our ancestors, those well ones, please hold us in a space of continued support, guidance, and protection. We thank you for this journey. And please support us in our continued healing in our ancestral bloodlines. We're all in this together, and everything's going to be okay. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today for Sacred Sexuality with Leslie Blackburn. If you'd like to contact Leslie, please visit her website, lesleyblackburn.com. Leslie is available for private sessions remotely, and you can find more information about this at the website. Thanks, everyone, for joining us, and have a beautiful day. Join us again next time for continued support on your path of self-realization. The power is within you to heal your body, connect deeply with others, Manifest your heart's desires and experience your deepest bliss. By our healing, we impact others, inspiring love for humanity and the planet. Thank you for joining us for Sacred Sexuality with Leslie Blackburn.